over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Well, let that music roll a little bit longer there, because I know you uh, probably got a belly full of turkey and you need to work it off. Here at Rosie on the House, it's the open home hour, Thanksgiving weekend. It's producer Gary D. Sure hope you had a chance to enjoy uh, Thanksgiving with your family and friends. Unfortunately, the wet weather may have played some uh, change to plans, at least, from eating outdoors than uh, coming in. This is the time to get on out. This is Chamber of Commerce weather. Whether it's raining, snowing, or just beautiful, uh, this is what we long for after 110 degrees during the summer. And as we always say, when you come to Arizona, you better bring a camera because you're going to see some beautiful vistas. You'll see mountains. You'll see uh, more stuff than this just desert. I mean, when I moved here, I thought, oh, great, a whole state full of desert and cactus. This ought to be fun. But turns out, you know, White Mountains, the muggy on rim, up around Flagstaff, I could blindfold you and say, okay, where are you? And some people will go, oh, we're in Colorado. Nope, you're in Arizona. It is uh, officially now the holidays. We are now making the downhill run to Christmas Day. Festivities around the state and towns and cities are getting underway. Next weekend in Prescott, it's the annual courthouse lighting. Prescott is known as the Christmas City. We also will have the editor from Arizona Highways, Robert Steve, coming in. We haven't talked to him in a while, but it seems Arizona Highways once again has racked up more awards. So uh, we can't wait to talk to him next Saturday morning in the 7 o'clock hour. But speaking of Arizona Highways... And also today is Small Business Saturday. Want to go back to something that happened in April with the magazine. When we saw it, we did a double take. Because normally with Arizona Highways, the front cover has these beautiful pictures of the state. But in this particular case, it was sandwiches. Writer Kelly Vaughn decided to take four days and travel around the state and hit 10 places at random to see what kind of sandwiches she could muster up. So we had her come in to talk about the article. Which, by the way, didn't go over well with some of these subscribers that not only get it in the state, but this is a, a magazine that is distributed around the country. Still, she talks about all those delicious sandwiches. Kelly Vaughn, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. What was the inspiration in this article? And I have completely rearranged my entire driving to hit these shop sandwich shops. Well, you're shops. welcome. <laughs> what was the inspiration? I guess it was just that I really like sandwiches. So a couple of years ago, I said to our editor, Robert Steve, I said, hey, what do you think about this? You know, food is such an integral part of travel, part of the road trip experience. You always want to know where you're going to stop to eat along the way. And so he said, sure, make it happen. So two, three years later, here we are. So how do you select it, the, the shops? Because there's 10, there's there's a lot more shops than that. <laughs> there are so many excellent mom and pop restaurants in Arizona. Um, we selected these just by reaching out to our followers on social media. We put a call out to them, what's your favorite sandwich in the state of Arizona? Why? Um, and we had a few rules. There couldn't be any chain restaurants. I specified that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Some people <laughs> will argue with me. That's a point of contention. Um, tortas are sandwiches. You know, that sort of thing. So we had some guidelines, and we got just fantastic feedback from people, you know, from Kingman to Tucson to Flagstaff, all over the place, saying, you have to try this sandwich. And we get it narrowed down from, you know, however many down to 10. Right. And then going through the article, it's not like there's any one favorite. How did you then pick the sandwich? We got egg salads. We've got uh, mufaladas. We've got, you know, there, it's not like 
the best Reuben, right. best 10 Reubens or the best 10 French dip. Sure. We wanted to see some diversity there, just like we wanted geographic diversity in the article. Um, we wanted to see some diversity with the sandwiches. You know, every day when I pack my lunch for work, it's likely a turkey sandwich. <laughs> you know, so we wanted to get out of that mold a little bit. You know, Philly cheese steaks, Reubens, um, you know, different salami sandwiches. And then, of course, that meatloaf sandwich down in Bisbee. So we just wanted to see some diversity, see some creativity from the chefs and from the restaurant owners and that sort of thing. Bisbee's going to be the hardest one. I did make it to the goods. That was the first one I stopped at. I am done with eggs by about 630 in the morning. But I had to stay true to the article and order the egg curry sandwich, which was pretty good. And I think that one is so innovative because of the spice in it. You know, we all had our grandma's egg salad or that sort of thing, and it's just sort of ho-hum, kind of boring, but you add that curry to that egg salad and it's just a whole different ball game. So delicious. And the challenge for me is going to be to Bisbee because I had I got two back and I got Tucson at the sausage shop, mm-hmm. which I'm going to come back to that one Great. in a minute. But both times I'm like, all right, maybe I can make it to Bisbee and back. And I, both times I'm still like another 90 minutes just to get to Bisbee. It's a trek for <laughs> sure. You know, Bisbee is not really something you do as a day trip from the valley. That's for sure. You kind of want to stay overnight, which is why you have, you know, a great old trailer court in the Shady Dell. You know, Bisbee is historic. It's charming. There are so many great places to stay and eat there, including the quarry, which has that meatloaf sandwich. Romy has the advantage because you did yours all in four days. Yes. That was a lot of sandwiches, girlfriend. That's a lot of eating. I did quite a bit of snoozing in the car in between each location. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, Yeah, a lot of carbs, a lot of bread. I didn't eat bread for about a month after this trip, but well worth it. On all of these sandwich stops, what were the people at the restaurants This this was the thing that was best about working on this story. It was meeting these small business owners, right? Because the mission of Arizona Highways, of course, is to promote travel to and across Arizona. And we do that by telling people where to eat, where to sleep, where to hike, you know, where to take a really beautiful scenic drive. And so in telling those stories, you get to meet these wonderful people who believe so much in what they're doing. You know, there was a couple who runs uh, Acme Pizzeria in Cottonwood. They moved out here from Boston. They love Arizona. They love the desert. They love what they're doing. They love the people here. Hearing those stories was my favorite part of this entire process because these people are just wonderful. They love feeding people. They love what they're doing. So that was really kind of remarkable just meeting them along the way. And a lot of them, like the goods, very small, just a a sandwich shop in and out, very nice outdoor patio. But then you get to the sausage shop. There's no place to sit. But they had... uh, When I I got the Bugsby, which was an incredible sandwich, uh, their drink selection, they had a squirt. I can't tell you the last time I had a squirt. I didn't even know they still made those. Isn't that great? And they have cactus coolers, I think. You know, it's just, it's kind of like stepping back into time at the sausage shop. They're all business there. I've actually bought, you know, some andouille from the sausage shop and brought it home to Phoenix because their selection of meat is just incredible there. So I've actually visited the sausage shop several times, you know, wrote about it for the magazine years ago and have been back. Was that your article that's hanging on the wall from 2010? I took a picture of it. It's not the first time they've been in Arizona highways. I'm a big fan of the sausage shop in Tucson. The funniest thing is the closest one of these sandwich shops to me is the hardest one for me to get to, which is the local press in Wickenburg. Right. 
uh, because when we're in Wickenburg, it's for t-ball practice, or we're dropping Tinley off at school early in the morning. They're open 10 to 3. I'm at Wickenburg in the morning and in the af- in right. late evening. So Amanda brought home one. Uh, she made a special effort to go grab one for lunch, and they're like, well, you know, this. we're trying to stay true to the article and eat what's in the article, but right. like this one in the article is not a great leftover. So let me send you with a grinder as well. So we had a grinder and this jalapeno... Oh, it was the local with the chicken on it? The local. Thank you. Yes. That was delicious. She knows her sandwiches. (laughs) That was a picture. That was the first sandwich we ate on the tour. And I was like... Hard to top it after that. Oh, what am I going to do? Right? Because now I'm already full. I have two more sandwiches to eat today. Um, But that one was a really great way to kick it off. You also have uh, Prescott, Cottonwood, Camp Verde, and Flagstaff on this. The Meats Shop and Flagstaff, which judging by the picture... Looks like the best, just because I'm a huge Mufalada fan. You know, I lived in New Orleans for a time when I was a girl, and so I grew up eating Mufaladas. And at Proper Meat and Provisions, it's right on Route 66 in Flagstaff. That was the first time I was like, oh, this tastes right. This tastes (laughs) like it should. Um, That sandwich came at the end of a very long day, and I just thought, there's no way. I can't eat one more sandwich. (laughs) But then they put that in front of me, and I said, okay, I I can make it happen. It was incredible. It's really an interesting restaurant because it inhabits um, this really cool old space that used to belong to the Grand Canyon Cafe, which was owned by this wonderful uh, Asian family, and they would mix American and Asian cuisine there in that restaurant. Um, there was a reincarnation of the Grand Canyon Cafe several years ago, and unfortunately, unfortunately, it didn't make it. But Proper moved into that place, and they've really stayed true to like the historical awesomeness of that building. So it's really a great place to visit when you're in Flagstaff. Lance sent me a picture of it last night, and he's like, I'm coming back up here just for this sandwich. It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. And again, they're, they're a deli, too. So they sell wonderful cuts of meat. They have sausages, everything else, you know, some other, you know, more culinarily exploratory things that you can buy. Amanda and I love pickles. Yes. And every single one of these delis that have pickles, I bring some home. She brought some home from the local press out of Wickenburg yesterday. I got some from the the sausage shop. Great. Yes. Those horseradish pickles at the local press in Wickenburg are just craveable. They I, are I highlighted delicious. those in my in my copy here. I'm gonna go find those. They're wonderful. And they have that perfect pickle crisp. You know, you can just hear that bite. Now, I missed something in conversation earlier because you guys were talking about the front cover. Yeah. Um, Kelly let me know that they'd had some complaints about it. And I looked and looked at it and couldn't figure it out. But, <laughs> you know, pe- people think that Arizona Highways is just a photography magazine. And I understand. We have an incredible photographic legacy. People are used to seeing these sweeping landscapes on the cover and in our pages. So when you put something like a sandwich on the cover, that uh, throws a lot of our loyal readers it off. It wasn't the sunset or exactly. a <laughs> So we had very, really a small amount of complaints. Most people are really excited because they'll use the magazine to plan their next road trip. But well, there were a few people that just weren't having it. Even had one sent back. Yes, we had a very nice letter from a reader. It was incredibly gracious, and she explained that she reads Arizona Highways because of the beautiful photography. It's a chance for her to explore from her sofa, you know, from her kitchen table as she's drinking her coffee. So she sent this one back to us. Did she know there's <laughs> like it. 60 pages inside the book that's got <laughs> too many sandwiches, I guess. But she, at least she was very nice about it. 
Arizona Highways author Kelly Vaughn, thank you for your wonderful article in April's Arizona Highways, Arizona Sandwich Tour, all local, all Arizona. Good morning, and welcome back to Rosie on the House, talking with one of my favorite people, Mr. John Junker, Director of Ascension Support Services at St. Vincent de Paul. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, Jennifer. I'm great. It's so great to be with you here with, during this holiday time on this special morning. Thanks for the chance to visit with you and all your listeners across the state. There's so much going on at St. Vincent de Paul because there is so much that y'all do to support the families in our communities that I think everyone should know about them. You know, it's interesting that the Society of St. Vincent de Paul here in Phoenix has been called uh, certainly the largest in the United States and even recently as the largest St. Vincent de Paul in the world. I don't know that large is always the way we want to think of ourselves because sometimes we know Large doesn't mean good, but we work pretty hard. Our volunteers and our staff and our donors work very hard to be good so that we treat every single family and every single case in a personal way. And the two arms that we have is our center, which is uh, just south of downtown Phoenix at 420 West Watkins. Uh, It has uh, the state's largest charity medical clinic, the state's largest charity dental clinic, our Osana Manor um, shelter for uh, 60 men and women, uh, seniors with preference to veterans and, and those with disabilities who are working their way back to our, a normal life. Uh, we have our kitchen that does 4,500 hot meals a day. Rob and Melanie Walton uh, Urban Farm that produces almost 50,000 pounds of fresh vegetables for our kitchen every year. And uh, there's there's a lot going on there at our center. And then we have 81 chapters across the state. It's a group of people who band together under our auspices, who follow our plan and our program Uh, established by our international and national group in terms of quality of services and how we do our bookkeeping and all the rest of that and all the plans that have been laid over many years through St. Vincent de Paul. And so they operate on a local basis dealing just in their neighborhoods, in their own areas, with uh, families who call them and need help. And uh, those 81 people are all staffed by what we call Vincentians, and they take a special uh, eight-hour class to be able to be qualified as a Vincentian volunteer and, of course, that, that work that they do out of our uh, neighborhood chapters goes to any family or any individual. We don't have any qualification whatsoever for, for faith or background or church or not church. Uh, sometimes we get asked the question, well, what percentage of people do you serve are Christian or what percentage are Catholic? The answer is we have no idea because we never ask those questions. All we want to know is about the need I really love that about you. I got to take that wonderful tour with Susan and just we walked through the big room where they house all the, the groceries that would be put together for a family in need. Oh, gosh, and our food reclamation center last year did uh, well over 10 million pounds of uh, reclaimed food that that went to our chapters in our kitchen and, and other organizations as well. Well, and she talked about, you know, sometimes somebody might drive up in a nice car, you know, and they're, and they're, in a, they're but they're still in a bad place. And there's just never judge, any judgment made. The need is met. And the compassion is given. I just love that. Well, and the nice thing is, especially at the chapter level, they do a little bit of research and they check into do people really have that need. And, and it's based in our chapter level on home visits where mm. where they'll actually go into the homes of those we serve and talk to them. And it's not checking them out. That, you can say that suffices. Well, you want to be responsible. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, being, it's being good stewards, but it's most of all going to them to see what their what the needs of their hearts are and what their family needs. And sometimes, you know, it's great to be able to make that rent bill or that utility payment that you're behind on because our chapters keep thousands of families from being homeless. 
But in addition to that, they really take care of uh, the, the hearts and, and if there are spiritual needs that the family wants mm. to talk about, if the family wants to talk about that. Well, if someone is listening to us and interested in participating, there's all kinds of ways to volunteer. And then if if you want to contribute financially, this is the time of year for the tax credit. Oh, gosh, thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, the tax credit, you know, our state leadership has been phenomenal in terms of support of uh, charities and charitable efforts. The tax credit is uh, $400 tax credit against uh, ordinary income, against income tax in the state of Arizona for a single filer, $800 for a couple filing jointly. And of course, people need to talk to their tax preparer or their accountant about it, but it's it's really quite easy to do. And, and the thing that a lot of people don't understand is if you want to make a tax credit gift to your kids or grandkids, a school, um, public school, private school, even foster care, all those are separate buckets. So you can you can do all of those and still do a qualified charitable organization like St. Vincent de Paul. And the state's been tremendously generous with people redirecting some of that tax money into charitable uses that support things like uh, education, foster care, and of course, so, uh, vital social services like St. Vincent de Paul. So I sure hope people take advantage of that because it's a real privilege to get to choose where that money goes. Arizona's been a national leader in that, so that's an awesome thing to see uh, with uh, with our state uh, leadership that they they support that. And again, it's not just our little corner, although we think we're very important to help families and keep them from being homeless and all the things we do with our clinics and all the other things, but also across the board, it's an awesome thing in the state, just just as you say, Jennifer. How long has St. Vincent de Paul been around, John? Our council's been operating in the valley since 1946, but we were the last of the <laughs> the last piece of the puzzle yeah. in the in the lower 48 or the or the eastern 48, I guess, from Hawaii. So uh, 1946 was uh, ahead of the curve on that, and uh, over uh, 10,000 volunteers almost 3,000 trained Vincentians across our area, and we serve central and northern Arizona primarily. Well, y'all make it really easy to step in. You've got the template set up, and, and people can just come right to you, and they can volunteer or give or whatever they want to do to help with this mission you have. We sure appreciate you spending the time with us this morning. Uh, we're excited to be here, and if people want information on the tax credit, uh, they can call us at 602-266-4483. Thanks to everybody with uh, you and the whole team at Rosie on the House. Well, the same to you and your work. Thanks, John. Oh, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. Our mission every day of the year is to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And we do that on Saturday mornings by showing up at the radio station and answering your questions about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Hey, two of your best friends call the questions. Okay. But there's a little, little air demons out there today, and uh, both the calls dropped. But I wanted to uh, ask a question in Peter's behalf. He has a home that he installed tile in two years ago. He had it installed, and it's starting to flake the grout off the top. And then also there's making popping sounds when he steps on them. Well, my number one suspicion there is that he's got the, the grout and the thin set and the tile delaminating from his slab. And 
that is invariably caused by moisture. Um, depending on how old the installation really is, he said a couple years. Well, if it's less than two years, he can certainly approach the contractor and and go through the registrar or contractor's review process. If it's over two years, he probably isn't going to have much recourse that way. But moisture from the underground of the slab can, can, can source from many different places. Sometimes, like Romy was talking, it's a little bit older home with underground water lines, and maybe there's a pinhole leak. Many times, if we've changed landscaping against the out, the exterior foundation of the home, the water's finding its way in. There are places underground where the foundation supporting your house has holes in it, like where the sewer line leaves the stem wall and, and whatnot, and that's a great place for moisture to get in. He's going to have to pop a couple of those tile and do a moisture reading of the slab and determine whether or not he's got to do remedial action before he starts replacing it. One thing he could do himself is get some duct tape or some painter's tape and some saran wrap and lay the saran wrap on top of the tile in an area big enough to cover a couple different tile and some grout. Then tape the saran wrap on all four sides down to the floor. If he sees condensation building up on the underside of that saran wrap, then moisture absolutely is the culprit, and he's going to have to stop the moisture infiltration before he could ever get the thin set, the tile, and the grout to stay in place. Okay, so let's say the moisture is an issue. What is, who does he call after that? Is, is that the, it wouldn't be the tile guy's fault, right? No. Then you need a house detective. There's people that do leak, lo leak location uh, specifically for that. Once that's identified and eliminated and the moisture has a chance to evaporate and do our test to make sure we're back to a good reading, then we can reapply. And if it's done, and it now's a great opportunity once he's re-adhered the new tile to let it cure properly and seal it, which is hard to do because ideally you want at least two weeks of no, of non-use on that tile, which is really hard. But as he can see, that little extra time to not have to do this every couple of years can be worth it as well. Is there any way that gave way without it moisture being a problem? Yeah. A proper and in, proper install. They could okay. have used really watered down thin set. Um, they could have not used the right thin set. Um, Too much water in the grout causes air bubbles in the grout that can all be popping loose. The moisture He's got a lot test, to do. The moisture test is the place to start. Okay, I'll give him a call. Okay. The 10 o'clock hour is more like the 200, 300, and 400 series of college classes. <laughs> For home ownership here in the That's desert right. southwest of Arizona, we also do have Don who wants to talk about painting shingles and Bob that wants to talk about spray foam on the line. Emails can be sent to info at rosyonthehouse.com. Don, <laughs> woo, and your dog. Welcome to the broadcast. 
Hello. Yes, sir. Hi, it's uh, Don from uh, Canada calling. I'm down in Goodyear. I owned a house here for about 10 years. I'd like to paint uh, uh, some shingles that I have. Um, they're over top of a deck that we added an extension onto the back of our house. So I believe the shingles come like in a roll. They're probably, say, three, four feet wide and, I don't know, 20 feet long. And um, I'm wondering if there's a, a white paint uh, that I could put on that, uh, say, maybe something acrylic that uh, would be uh, water-resistant but would also extend the life of the uh, shingle material. When did you put that little patio addition on, Don? Uh, would have been in 2011, 2012. Okay. Never well, had a problem, never had a leak. Good, good, good. Well, if we, if we, that is an asphalt-based product with sand granules broadcast over the top of it. Okay. I will tell you, most roofers would discourage you from painting it. Right. Uh, it. It creates a maintenance problem is what it really does. And I want you to picture this. The water's coming off the roof of the house. And then, mm -hmm. it, then it gets to the patio, and it has the choice of either going on top of your painted shingles or between the paint and the shingles or all the way through. And right. it it can complicate finding the real problem. Uh, when you paint it, and you will use acrylic, you're absolutely right there, you want to use 100% acrylic in a flat right. finish. There are certain paint companies that make specific products for that. Uh, but I'm not sure in your application if it would be worth the trouble. Uh, there's a couple, there's Cool Coat. Uh, there's a couple that are actually made and manufactured in Tucson. Uh, Tucson is a much bigger roof coating market. Uh, they coat everything uh, south of Casa Grande. Um, they really do. And there's specialists down there that can extend the roofs. But um, given... What they put down is a 20-year product, uh, should be 20 years maintenance-free. I'd be tempted, Don, to tell you, hold off and don't paint it. Now, the flip side to that is you don't want to wait till it starts leaking or so much of the granules have flaked off that it's all exposed asphalt bitumen product. Um, I, I think you'd find a hard time finding a painter or a roofer that would tell you they recommend it. I would gotcha. tell I would tell you, just stick with what you've got, and I think you'll be happier. What part of Canada, Bob? Don, sorry. Oh, I'm from the uh, province of Alberta. I'm straight north of Montana. Nice. Are you so? Uh, it's uh, flying down here. Uh, say a month ago was uh, we're on Celsius. You folks are on Fahrenheit, uh, but at one time we used to be on Fahrenheit up in Canada, 
and so the metric system and uh, minus uh, 20 Fahrenheit, I can remember as a kid, uh, was kind of a marker where uh, when you went outside, it would actually kind of sting your face. Yeah. It's, it's that cold. And so when I got on the plane, it wasn't minus 20. It was minus 45 Fahrenheit. <laughs> one, of the, one of the coldest I've ever been was on a ski. <laughs> was on a cross-country skiing trip uh, up by Jasper. Oh, yes, yes. I think it was 40 below. And, <laughs> and all I could see was the glow of the lodge about four miles downhill. And I don't even remember getting down. I just remember walking in and going to the fireplace. <laughs> Take me back to Arizona. Oh, man. That was back in the 70s. Then I drove yeah, to... It, uh, it's beautiful country, though, oh. in the summertime. Like you say, Jasper and... Uh, Lake Louise. Uh, oh. Drop-dead gorgeous. And, uh, Athabasca oh, High School. Beautiful wildlife, beautiful scenery. It's... Um, Kind of like uh, Sedona on uh, steroids. <laughs> Be- beautiful country. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, yes. Are, are you familiar with Homes on Homes? Uh, yes, we watch that all the time up in, in Canada. Watch him all the time. Uh, he's farther east out of uh, Toronto, and I don't know how this would apply. I've been watching it very closely. It's a product that intrigues me greatly. Um uh, and you read it on paper, and you hear about it and listen to it, it all makes perfect sense. We just don't have a lot of tested applications for the desert and uh, the UV rays that hit hit the southwest. You know, changed right. the books on what they <laughs> on, yeah. on, on products and and how they react. And um, but he is a big fan of a of a of cork coatings. And okay. I've seen a lot of applications where they've gone on roofs, and it does help for uh, – and, and what the, is unique about the cork and why I like it is the, the cork itself does not have a big temperature fluctuation. It never gets yeah. over a certain point, and it never gets below a certain point. So it's an yeah, incredible the the thermal yes. insulator. and. Yes. And they apply it. One of the applications they have for is applying it over roof shingles to help extend the life. It doesn't waterproof your roof, but it's a protective coating that extends the life of your your roof materials that are waterproofing your home. And I I don't know. I don't think the local uh, company I saw apply it is still in business. It was trying to use this as a startup. But there is another one that has since bought the franchise, and this is one reason why you have to be in business five years locally in Arizona, um, is because we don't want to recommend anybody that you know can't make it past eighteen months of, of business. But hang tight, we will get you connected, and and at least with the product manufacturer, and see if this is something that you would want to consider as well. Maybe it'll be a test application when we're doing it over the patio of a home. Uh, you know, that's one of the areas I'm a lot more open to to doing a, tr- a trial test than the entire roofing system or over the entire home or whatever the case may be. If if we're just isolating it to one area, I'm I'm OK with with testing it there. I, if, it, like I said, the entire home and the what it costs to replace an entire roofing system, I'm not sure I'd be quite so bold suggesting somebody to try a new product. But this this application may may work for you.
Very good. Uh, Bob wants to talk about insulating ductwork. That's going to be kind of a protracted answer. So, Bob, I'm going to beg your patience. Hang on. We'll have a little commercial break, and we'll come back and talk about foam insulating your ductwork, when to do it and when not to do it. Man, I got chills. <laughs> just, just thinking of Canada. Just just <laughs> thinking about that ski down that mountain. Man, it was so cold. I've never been that cold. We slept in a tent the night before, and the guy I was skiing with spilled some hot water that we were trying to make tea with. Boiling water spilled inside the tent, and it was frozen into a sheet of ice within about 20 minutes. <laughs> well, let's see if we can get to Bob. He's got a question raises a lot of interest and a lot of questions in my mind. Let's bring him on air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Rosie. How are you doing this morning? What are you're, you... You're sounding, you're sounding a lot better. <laughs> Thank you. What are you trying to get done? Well, I went to the home show and, and got a seminar on spraying the inside of your ductwork. Okay. And you want to know if this... solution. I don't have the metal ductwork. I got the accordion-type like... Flex duct. You flex duct, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just was wondering if it's worth it, because they always say the ductwork's weak, and this will prevent that. Well, Bob, what I'm looking at at my computer screen says your question was about spraying foam inside the ductwork. Is it foam or is no, it... It's, 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 a, it's a clear liquid. Yeah, Aeroseal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Aeroseal is one of those products that when it came out, I was dead set against it. They had some early failures of the system and some poor applications. Have you had a whole house energy audit done yet? Uh, Yes, I have. Okay. Did they detect a a significant amount of duct leakage? Uh, No, they did not. They were kind of actually surprised for the age of the house. Yeah. If you're duct leaking less than 10%, you'll never get your money back by investing in Aeroseal. Okay. Now, what's horrifying is that when we do whole house energy audits, many times we find the ductwork is at 30 or 40% leaking. And at that point, you'll get your money back within a couple summers. Okay. But if you've done a whole house energy audit and they were happy duct leakage was that small, I think you could save that money. Okay. What What's your driving motivator? Are you trying to lower your Energy bill? Or Energy, about a 1,700 square foot house in the yeah. summertime. My bills are running around three, 350. And I keep the temperature at 80 degrees constantly. It never changes. Okay, you're yeah, too you're, high. You're, you're too high. We, anything over uh, about a 15% fluctuation of a dollar a square foot raises red flags. So, 1,500 square foot home, we should be able to keep cool. In the summer for about a hundred and seventy bucks, maybe maybe two hundred on on the highs. That you're at three fifty. I'll tell you what I'll do. There's an energy hog hiding in your home. 
what I want you to do, uh, you're an all-electric home? Uh, yes. 1,700 square feet, temperature right. set at 80 degrees. How many people live in the house? Uh, two and a dog. Okay. And do you have a swimming pool? Yes, sir. Okay. We we should, you should never see a bill over $300. So what I'm going to want to do is I'm going to have you put on hold, and I'm going to get a copy of your home energy report. And I'm going to do an analysis on it for free, and I'm going to tell you what you can do and where you do or don't need to spend money. Okay. Uh, Cecile, do I have that correct? Wants to talk about an electrical smell? That... Uh, Clell. Clell. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I have uh, live in a Hallcraft home in Scottsdale. Uh, and and uh, we have uh, a kitchen queen hood over our stove. It was, initial, it was originally installed when the house was built. And we turned on the light yesterday, and it's got a strong electrical odor, burning odor. Didn't, no fire, no smoke, but we got the odor, so we turned it off immediately. I haven't turned it back on. And I just don't know where I could go or who I should contact to get that fixed. Well, Clell, or if I could fix it myself. You didn't. No, you didn't break. Uh, you didn't throw any breakers. No. Okay. No breakers. All right. Well, my recommendation would be get an electrician there and have them kind of troubleshoot it uh, to determine what could be the problem. Um, a Hallcraft in Scottsdale. You're you're down there around Indian School in Granite yeah. Reef and Miller. Yeah. Uh, they're bomb-proof homes. I wish I owned a hundred of them. They're great homes. They are. Um, but I would I would go to RosieOnTheHouse.com. We've got various electricians that can get there and kind of troubleshoot it for you uh, before you before you try anything else. Okay. That right. that well, smell I'm... is so distinct that. Oh yeah. You know. You, you get it taken care of. Don't hope that it just goes away. No, I'm not. No, no. We'll we'll get we'll get a whole electrician then. We'll see you here next Saturday morning. It's Rosie on the house. Be thankful for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you.